everybody. It's Monday, October 10th, and that means it's time for another episode of Nonprofit Conversations. I'm your host, Cecilia Sepp. I'm a certified association executive, and I'm the principal and founder of Road Tulips Consulting. Today, I am really excited to welcome back Rachel Clemens, the Chief Marketing Officer of Mighty Citizen, because last June, Rachel came on the show and she talked with us about the Mighty GPS, which is a no-fee tool for all nonprofit organizations, higher education, and government. So Rachel's back today to share with us the nonprofit marketing data snapshot. Welcome back, Rachel. Would you like to say hello and tell us a little more about yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Rachel Clemens. I'm the CMO at Mighty Citizen, and we serve uh, mission-driven organizations with their digital, their branding, their marketing. So things like campaigns, messaging, branding, websites, anything communications related. Oh, that's great. And I'm so glad to have you back. I've been looking forward to this conversation. And uh, before we dive in, I would like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our global audience, wherever you may be. And thank you so much for joining us. I think this data that Rachel is going to share with us is going to be useful to everyone, no matter where you practice nonprofit. So Rachel, can you uh, remind the audience what the Mighty GPS tool is? Yeah, so the Mighty GPS, I mean, for any marketer out there, one of the questions we always want to know is, is my marketing working? And that's a really hard question to answer, even with all the technology that's out there. So Mighty Citizen developed something called the Mighty GPS. It's a free self-assessment that allows you to score your marketing maturity or your effectiveness. It's a, on a score of um, zero to 100. It's going to tell you, you know, how effective your marketing is where you can improve your areas of opportunity and then also your areas of strength so that you can optimize those things that are working and maybe put a little more emphasis into the things that aren't. So it's basically, it takes about, our data showing it takes about six minutes. We always say it's under 10 minutes. It's about six minutes, about 40 questions across six different marketing categories. And I have to say, I did use this tool. Uh, I was one of the beta testers, but I found it really useful for my own uh, consulting practice. So if you are a consultant to nonprofits, you might want to check it out too. And you get a really nifty report that tells you where you are in your arc of marketing. So Rachel, how many nonprofit organizations have used it so far? And can you share with the audience how many of them are membership organizations versus maybe community service organizations or foundations or charities? You know, basically C6 versus C3. Yeah. So we've had about 320 organizations overall take it. About 200 of those are in the social services or 501c3 category. And about 60 of them are in the association or like um, membership organization um, category. So they are self-selecting into those categories. But yeah, the majority has been nonprofit slash 501c3, and then about um, 60 are in the um, 501c6 categories. Now, have you seen any real differences between the C6 and C3 groups? Like is one doing more with less or better in one area than another? Yeah, so... What's interesting is when you take the Mighty GPS, there's six categories of marketing. And um, let me just outline those real quick. Those are research and analytics, branding and strategy, marketing and SEO, UX design and content technology, and team dynamics. So those are the six broad categories. It's meant to touch on all the different aspects of marketing. And then there's a total score that averages all those together. When you think about the differences between, um, you know, social services and like membership boards, they're actually, the total score is, they're 
for um, membership orgs, it's 57.74. That's the average score. For social service orgs, it's 57.63. So they are so <laughs> close in terms of their overall score in terms of, you know, on a scale of zero to 100 for marketing maturity. Where they differ is in each of those little categories. And the differences, because the averages are so close, really aren't that huge, um, but they are slightly different. So for example, across all of the organizations that have taken the MyEGPS, that research and analytics category is by far our lowest scoring category. Most organizations are in the 30s as far as their um, score for research and analytics. They just, they either aren't doing it or they're not doing it often enough, or they're doing research, but not doing anything with the research that they're gathering. <laughs> so wow. um, as out, out of everyone that's taken, um, every um, category of, of organization that's taken the Mighty GPS, the membership organizations have the highest research and analytics score. So they have a 40, still isn't high, right? Um, but it's higher than all the others. And I think that's because you know, associations and membership organizations are in the business of educating their members. And so they have to do that just by nature of their mission. They have to do more research than the others have to do, even though they should all be doing it. Well, exactly. Uh, and you and I, as we were talking before this episode, uh, that is one of the things I have always expressed uh, concern and, and sometimes frustration about is the lack of analysis of the data that's available so that you can actually use it for something. Uh, we all collect data all the time and none of us are going to be a hundred percent in using it or analyzing it. I think we all know that, but, but I think a 40 uh, I, I'm just going to say it as a longtime nonprofit executive per, and management professional. I find that a little disappointing uh, yeah. that it's not at least 50. Uh, but, you know, we got to walk before we, we run, right? And that's actually one of the things that uh, the categories, I believe, are like walking, running, flying, right? Um, when you get a score, it puts you into one of four stages and they're crawling, walking, running, or soaring. So um, at 40, they're just barely in walking. The, the social services orgs are still in crawling for, for research and analytics. So um, yeah, the 40 is the cusp of crawling and walking. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So we're on the cusp. That's good. Because if yeah, we're on the cusp. Yeah. I mean, we have moved over <laughs> into walking technically. <laughs> We are 0.47% over. <laughs> I just love, but I do love though that overall, you said overall the scores are a little bit over 57%. Yeah, per, they're, in, they're solid walking. So walking runs from 40 to 60. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of organizations, you know, in that space, they're doing a lot with a little. So quite often it's a, a smaller team that's up and running. Um, they're doing really well for the size of their teams. Um, they're facing the fact that quite often in the walking stage, an organization is doing things they have always done because they've always done it. They're, they're, you know, what they're doing is generally working. If you're in walking, you know, um, you're up and running or you're up and running and you're not running, but you're up and moving. Mm -hmm. And, um, there can be this, this momentum that just kind of carries you forward and continuing to do things. But organizations that are in that walking stage kind of have to go, are the things we're doing actually effective? You know, we're doing a lot and we're, we're doing a lot with the few resources we have, but are we maximizing those resources? See, and I think you explained that very well, Rachel, the, the, that overview of walking, you're moving, but you probably are just doing the same things you've always done. And 
that's an easy habit to fall into. I might sound a little harsh sometimes when I say, oh, I'm so frustrated because it's been going on for years. And, and that this is the way we've always done it. Uh, trope that is just everywhere in the nonprofit world. Well, that's the way we've always done it. That, that's a mindset that I hope tools like the Mighty GPS will help us change the way we look at things when we can see an actual place where we are. And that's why I love this tool. And yes, audience, this may sound like a sponsored commercial placement, but it is not. It is because when I see a good tool and good people providing it, I like to share that news. This is a good tool because it will show you if you're walking or running or crawling and crawling's okay. All four of these things get you where you want to go. It's just sometimes it takes you longer. And so looking at the fact that people are doing these things, I, I think is uh, good because marketing, it, and then you and I had the conversation last time you were on the show, marketing versus communication. Which one is it? Is it marketing? Is it communication? What is it? And I don't know if you found any insights from the data you've collected so far about this, but but do you think that people in the nonprofit world are still a little hesitant about marketing because it sounds too much like selling? Yeah, that's funny. I, we had that conversation where we both sort of said, we think marketing and communications are, are one in the same, right? They're sort of half dozen of one and uh, six of another, but um, I don't see that so much anymore. And I feel like I feel like I feel like it's under-resourced. So I don't think enough people or money is given to marketing and communications because it is so critical to everything that's so important to these organizations. Um, but I also think that's sort of the nature of business. Like, you know, it's, I don't know, it should be the star and it's not, but I'm also a marketer. So I'm a little bit jaded for that. Um, so I think that's less of a problem than it used to be, but I do think it's still a problem. Um, as far as like, the category. So we have a category called marketing and SEO, and it's really about like digital ads, which are, you know, are so big right now, especially after COVID or, you know, mid COVID, however you look at it, um, search engine optimization. So positioning your, um, when someone searches for you or for something like you on Google and you come up, you know, high up in the search results, or it's also around setting marketing goals. Um, they tend to actually score pretty decently. Um, the, that that category scores pretty well. It's actually the research and analytics that's the lowest. And then, um, well, actually, marketing is the second lowest. And the uh, but it's not that far off. Um, it's in the fifty-seven range for both of them. So you know they're averaging about where they're scoring overall. It, they're in walking. So it's I'm not seeing that from the data. I'm not seeing that they're putting that way lower. I'm seeing that they're putting research and analytics way lower. That's interesting because I, I think we both would agree. I, I don't want to make an assumption, but if you want your marketing to work, you do have to analyze your data. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I mean, the, the thing about research, when I, when I keep pounding the research is because if you can get the research done and really understand your audiences, the rest of these categories is much easier, right? If I know the words that my audiences are using to describe my mission. And I know what they want to do when they encounter my website. It makes everything else so much easier to work on. Like I don't have to reinvent the wheel every time I go to create an email. I'm saying the same message over and over because I know that's what resonates with that particular audience. Well, and I think, you know, that and that guides us toward the topic of market segmentation. And I don't know, I don't know if the mighty GPS tool really helps you with market segmentation, but I think it maybe can reinforce the need for it. 
Yeah, I mean, the that's all part of that research category. You're going to see that that's lower. You know, we talk about personas and and um, as part of that audience uh, or part of that research and analytics section where you take, you know, any any one organization could have like, let's say, seven different audiences. For example, if you're a social service organization, you've got donors, you've got major gift donors, you probably have some lapsed donors. I mean, within the donor category alone, you could have three or four different kinds of audience buckets, right? Um, and so personas are building little um, descriptions of each of those audience types, um, what drives them, what they're interested in, what they want to do when they encounter you, um, whether or not they may donate. Um, so that's just donors from a um, social service or you might also have clients, volunteers. There's there's just so many different ways you can slice and dice your audiences. Well, and you definitely need to have a specific message for each group of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. So and here, and I, I'm just going to use this as a real world example because it is. So I'm a consultant member at ASAE. And so, you know, I get my annual dues renewal notice every year, like everybody else. And those come by email. Well, my email earlier this year was the same email everybody else got. And it's cited as one of the benefits of my membership, access to consultants. <laughs> and I looked at it and I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I don't expect a, an individual message for every single person who's a member because I, right. I'm not sure how many members ASE has right now, but they, they have a lot. They have tens of thousands of I mean, do that. So I sent a note back and I said, hey, I don't expect to get a Cecilia specific message, but how about a consultant specific message? And, and so it was uh, actually Amy Hemphill at ASAE was very nice and wrote me back and she said, oh, you know, that, that's a good point and I am going to work on that. And she did. So when I got my reminder email to pay, it was specific to that membership category. Fantastic. Yeah. So she was very responsive and I really appreciated that. And this, the thing is like, even the smallest of staffs can do that kind of a broad message to your segment. So whether it's a top, you know, major gift donor or somebody who gives you $20, you can have an, a specific message for each group. And, and I think that's, that's something that this data can, can support that moving forward. Yeah. Technology makes it so much easier now, you know, yeah. if you can get your hands on the tech. <laughs> That's right. It, and if you can learn how to use it, because I know sometimes that's another issue. Yes. It's a whole other show, you know, it's like, how do we get people the training they need when they get the new technology? Because it's, technology does so much more than we even know a lot of times. And I think that's why organizations, uh, yes, I'm very wildly off topic for a moment. Um, that's why organizations start what I call patchwork quilting their tech. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I don't know how to use this part. I'll just add on something else. And it's like, no, you don't need to. It's right there. Um, so Frankensteining. <laughs> you call it Frankenstein. Yeah, you can picture it, right? All the new nuts <laughs> and bolts going on. <laughs> it's even better because you're just putting together body parts and hoping it'll walk and talk, right? Yeah. Without... <laughs> exactly. That's really funny. But let's pull it back to this data because another question that I have for you is, this tool, you also collected some data about higher education, which is not really a nonprofit right. organization, and also some government agencies uh, mm -hmm. could have access to this. Did you see anything comparable or just, you know, downright interesting when you look at the, those groups versus nonprofit groups? Yeah, they're actually scoring lower than um, the nonprofits. Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, that is surprising because you think of those orgs as having more money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really hurting in the research and analytics again. And then they're also hurting, um, especially from an education perspective, they're hurting in the technology area. And I think part of that reason is because, you know, if you think about higher ed, so I'm in Austin, Texas, you know, University of Texas, literally two miles straight south of me, um, that org is so big that their technology is just disparate. It's that same problem we've talked about, right? If you're in um, the law school or some other college working in the university, you maybe don't own your own technology. There's a lot you don't own. You don't own the brand. You've got to work with those things. And maybe that those things are, are good and top quality, but you have this little portion of them. And so I think it just makes it harder on them from that point of view. Um, the other area that nonprofits scored much better than um, at least the government, <laughs> which maybe I don't know <laughs> Um, the team dynamics component is the last category. And it's really asking things like, do you have buy-in from your leadership for marketing and communications? Do you have an adequate budget? Um, does your team have a variety of skills? Um, and so those things, um, that's actually the highest scoring category for, um, nonprofits and higher ed, but not for government. So, um, I don't know if that's a huge surprise, but that, you know, I was going to say, unfortunately, I don't think it's a surprise. Um, I live in Montgomery County, Maryland, and we pay high taxes, but we also get really darn good services for it uh, from our county government because our county government is uh, well-educated. Everybody seems very professional when you call them. They have good customer service, and they're really good at getting you to the right person and getting you the right information. And so in in the little microcosm of the world where I live, uh, the government works pretty well and a lot of stuff's online. But I do know there's parts of the country that know it, it's not quite so organized <laughs> and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, also living in a suburb of Washington, D.C., I see a lot of what goes on at the federal level and they're like completely disorganized when it comes to technology. Every agency uses something different. Uh, I had a neighbor who worked uh, in one government agency and was telling me of her frustration of she couldn't even email colleagues in another agency because they use different email platforms or something. And, and I'm, and that's email. They can't even talk to right. each other. So, you know, I, that doesn't surprise me so much um, because government works really differently than the rest of us uh, for a lot of reasons, because they exist for a different and when you reason. think about, I'm sorry, Cecilia, when you think about, um, yeah, when you think about your question about marketing being a dirty word, it is absolutely, that's the one area that it's still definitely a dirty word is, is the government area. They they don't even talk about marketing. It, maybe it's communications, mostly it's public service, right? So they don't have marketing people on staff. There's not titles within government really where there's a marketing title. It's like a public service officer, public information officer. Um, so that is one area where, you know, they definitely see a distinction. I don't know. I think it's fuzzy now for everybody else. But, you know, that's an interesting point, Rachel, because I think if the government would embrace a different attitude toward marketing, uh, more people could get the help they need. Uh, My neighborhood has a community listserv. We call it listserv. It's a groups.io group, but uh, listserv seems to be a word everybody recognizes, but somebody posted asking for help about how to help her elderly neighbor, neighbor help her, let me say that again, I've only had two cups of coffee today, help her 
elderly neighbor find the social service help she needs uh, mm-hmm. to, to get through her day. And it was very, it's very difficult to find those things. And so despite the fact we do live in a county that has pretty responsive staff, it's just hard to get through to the right person sometimes. And so imagine if the local governments marketed, here's where you can find this, here's where you can find that. And they do well in some areas, but it seems to be like whatever the flavor of the month is. They don't do it for the whole program. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, they just, they're doing so much. I think it's hard to say where to emphasize, but there's definitely some, that's the thing with all of the, no matter your results, there's some low hanging fruit, you know, that can be picked up um, that would would do wonders. But, you know, but then again, I guess if you're government, you don't think about marketing because you don't really have any competition. You know, it's not like you can go go to a different government and work, right? right? Your government is true. It's true. Going one place. That's funny. But so, you know, we're, we're unfortunately already at the end of the episode. It's been a great, really fun conversation. Um, I really enjoyed it. So as you know, Rachel, we always like to ask our guest, uh, what is the one thought you would like the audience to take away today? And if they wanted to learn more about the Mighty GPS tool, how could they find that? And then how can they get in touch with you if they have more questions? Sure. So um, let's see, I'm gonna tackle each one of those in a row uh, or in order. Uh, the one thought I'd want to leave with is marketing effectiveness is really hard to measure. We think we've made a tool that allows people to do that and not just to measure yourself, but then um, to understand where you line up against your peers. So if you're a nonprofit and you know you scored uh, a 54, you know you're just slightly below your peers in terms of their averages. Um, and we'll be releasing more data on each of um like nonprofits and member organizations, we'll be releasing data points for each of those next year. It's already October, so close. Um, the Mighty GPS, if people are interested in that, they can visit themightygps.com. Um, it's free tool. Again, just a reminder, it takes less than 10 minutes. We'll give you a marketing maturity score. And then if you want to reach me, I'm available at hello at mightycitizen.com. So just shoot us an email if you have any questions. We're also very open to feedback on the tool. So if people take the tool and the results don't seem quite right, or they have questions, definitely going to be responsive and answering those because, you know, just like everything else in marketing, you can't sit and forget it. We're constantly iterating and improving. Right. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, I, and I just want to say again to the audience, uh, this is not a paid sponsor thing. I just think this is a really good tool and I have used it. I checked it out and check it out for yourself. And you might be surprised at your results because I was surprised I was doing better than I thought I was. Yeah, so. I was going to say Cecilia is doing great. She's running yeah. <laughs> so far. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Let's hope that continues. <laughs> so, well, Rachel, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, I want to thank my guest, Rachel Clemens, Chief Marketing Officer of Mighty Citizen. Uh, They do a lot to help uh, organizations of all types, uh, specifically focusing on our nonprofit community. So check them out. Um, If you would like to learn more about Rogue Tulips Consulting, uh, you can learn how we can help you bloom outside the box at roguetulips.com. If you are a current CAE or a professional seeking the CAE designation and you're looking for education or study groups, check out our education program, the 501c League at the website, the 501c league.net. Uh, and uh, I want to again thank you all for joining us this week and on behalf of Rachel of my, and myself, we have to go rogue for now, but I'll be back next week with another exciting episode. See you then. <laughs> <laughs>